Well, like many Blue Jays wins, we have all collectively experienced in 2023, perhaps somewhat of a roller coaster, right? Lots of peaks and valleys in this one. Don't look at the win expectancy chart that uh, baseball savant generates if you get emotion sick. But ultimately, the Jays suck. Three home runs in the thin mountain air. They cram in four plus big RBI doubles. And despite a few questionable moments, to be sure, they, I would say by and large, look like you want them to look, right? They look like a team fighting for a playoff spot against the worst team by a lot in the opposing division in a stretch full of these kinds of games. 13 to 9, the final score. Jays open the road trip with a win over the Rockies. Of course, welcome to Jays Talk after dark across the Sportsnet radio network, streaming live on sportsnet.ca and on the Sportsnet app. Show Ali here with you, taking your calls and texts. Phone lines are open. 416-870-0590-188-666-0590. Star 590 on your cellular device. 590-590 is where you can text me. That's the people's text line. And it is always open. Ben Wagner used it as his play of the game. But I, I do wonder, is it too prisoner of the moment to say that Kirk lacing that three-run double over the head of Ryan McMahon might be one of the biggest moments of the year, <laughs> given what is at stake? Like, you've already given up the lead at this point in the game, right? Right before Kirk hits that hits that double. You've already given up the lead in a very Homer-happy ballpark with your young rookie, who's been so good, making a big throwing error. He redeems himself almost immediately and perhaps misses a massive home run by about a foot, and then you hit the Kirk hit. Like, I'd be a bald-faced liar if I didn't admit right here that I was deathly afraid of a double play. Like, I was so afraid that with one out, we'd all be treated to an inning-ending double play, and we'd come on here on the calls and on the text line and just crush him for like the zillionth time this season. Thank goodness. Alejandro Kirk, Captain Kirk coming through. He goes after a pretty high pitch. Actually, it was right on the edge. If you go back and look at it again, right on the edge of the top of the strike zone, he hammers it right over the reach of McMahon. Maybe some luck there because McMahon kind of, leapt directly upwards and it looked like the ball missed like the edge of his glove by maybe an inch. But you know what? On the complete flip side of that, we have seen so many balls hit by Kirk, hit by Vladdy, by Springer, by Bo, certainly Springer, I should say. I feel like Springer has been the worst victim of this, but all of them that go right into the glove of the shortstop or the third baseman. So maybe the Babbitt luck turning a bit for the Jays and, Hey, it could not have come at a better time. That that whole stretch, actually, the I guess it went Davis Schneider RBI double, followed up by a basis clearing three run double from Kirk, followed by an RBI double for Whit Merrifield that he kind of just like kind of just scoots over the edge of the infield. Might be one of the the greatest sequences of the season, given how much we have seen this team struggle offensively. Like good heavens, Danny Jansen, by the way, just absolutely blasting a home run tonight, 452 feet into the back row of Coors field. I got to say, it would be wrong of me 
to not mention this, given how much I whine about potential robot umpires and like the robot strike zone and our robot overlords. So I feel like I have to say this, but Jano owes Angel Hernandez for just Angel Hernandezing as he usually does all over that strike zone tonight. Cause Chris Flexen had him and Jano frozen on what should have been a strike three on a beautiful thrown cutter, like right at the edge of the strike zone, the corner of the strike zone. But it was called a ball. And uh, the very next swing from Jano planted that ball in the seats. He did not miss. He, again, just absolutely crushing that home run. And if you are curious, it is the longest home run of his career, probably at least in some part, due to the thin air in Denver, where 5,000 feet above sea level. Some concern, obviously, on Jano's part as well. Right-hand contusion for Jano. He's undergoing more evaluation. So we'll see if John Schneider mentions it, mentions anything but I feel like, you know, even if he does say anything, he'll, it'll probably be something along, along the lines of went for x-rays. Uh, when, you know, I don't know if they go for MRIs for those kinds of things, but certainly x-rays and maybe we find out more tomorrow. But uh, again, that's tough because ooh, Danny Jansen has been so good for this team, probably does deserve some kind of long-term deal as we've discussed on Jay's talk in the past, but he is, and they, they use the term ball magnet for a reason because he gets hit by so many different things in so many different facets of him being on the field, whether it's he's behind the plate or he's at the dish as a batter, but uh, boy, Danny Jansen, you hope he's okay. Again, right-hand contusion for Jano. And I almost feel like that, that that does make the Kirk three run double a little more impressive because he was pinch hitting that three run double. We can't forget that it's, it is extremely difficult to come off the bench in a, a high pressure situation and line a a pitch right into the left field like he did. I mean, that's very impressive. So again, for a guy who has not had a very heralded season a year after he was an all-star and a silver slugger for Kirk to come in effectively cold and do that after some injury concerns for Jano, I think is again, is as as much as we criticize him for the the many double plays and rolling over pitches. I I think there's on the flip side has got to be some, some praise there for him because I think he, he played, he played very well. All right, let's uh, let's go to the text line, 590-590, name and location. Connor in Ottawa, just love to see the bats firing like this. This is what they can do when they're on, even without Bo. We can just keep getting hits like this. will be golden. The law of averages is coming around for us. Seattle, Houston, and Texas are going to start losing, and the Jays are going to start hitting, and therefore winning. Hope is not lost. And a very positive outlook from Connor. Thank you for texting. It's a valid point too. I mean, Seattle, Houston, and Texas all lost tonight. Like literally, the all the teams that are that you know, I don't want to be like rude, but all the teams that matter in the American League West all lost this evening. And uh, you know what? That's good for the Blue Jays. It was a very nice night for them to pick up a win, and you hope that continues. And again, I know Blair and Barker have talked about this a lot, but Seattle, Houston, and Texas are all playing each other a lot to end the season. Like we talk a lot about the blue Jays and this, this stretch of games against bad teams are going to be going on, which, which they're in the mid middle of right now. Certainly they're going to finish the series against the Rockies this weekend. They're going to take on the athletics in Oakland starting on Monday. They have the day off on the seventh, which is nice. So I can watch the season opener in the NFL. And then uh, after that, the team comes back home to take on the, uh, the Royals. So, and, and then after that, they're taking on the Rangers, which is going to be uh, shaping up at least to be one of the most important four game series of the entire season, because you win, you got to at least win two of those four, if not three of four against the Rangers, the way the Rangers have been playing. I mean, they lost five, one to the twins today. You got to take advantage of that tonight, but definitely going forward as well. But 
if the, if the bats keep swinging it, and again, I'm, I am certain at least some of it tonight had to do with playing in, in Colorado, but hey, both teams had to play in Colorado, not just the, not just the Blue Jays. So uh, yeah, v- great start to this road trip for Toronto. Tony from Kitchener, can we just have one easy night of Blue Jays baseball? Like every night, my heart feels like it's about to leave my chest because of these close games. My goodness, it's true. You know what, Tony? I feel you. It, 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 it is often... Very, uh, very stressful. It can, it can be stressful. And you know what? I, I guess that does bring up uh, some of the pitching decisions. Cause I do see a couple of, a couple of texts on this, uh, you know, where, what, you know, I see David of the six, uh, Henny's still in the circle of trust, right? I assume that is referring to Genesis Cabrera. You know, there's a Akash in Mississauga. What do we do with Chad green? Every, every game seems too important for him. Every game seems too important from here on out for him to work out the kinks. And I think that's a valid point. You see here, oh, this is, this is more of a criticism on David Schneider, which we'll get to. I do want to talk about David Schneider playing at third base because I, I early on thought he was playing very, very well. <laughs> and he had the throwing error, which effectively like directly led to the the home run, at least, at least the amount of runs that were scored on that home run. But uh, I do want to discuss the pitching because, and we'll get to Hyunjin Ryu in a second here, but Yenesis Cabrera, Jimmy Garcia, Jordan Hicks, Trevor Richards, and then of course, Chad Green, all pitching today. A lot of pitchers used. I, I did kind of think maybe we'd see Trevor Richards just go two innings, but perhaps the thought process was that Chad Green would come into this game you know, he'd, he'd save the bullpen a little bit. Of course, Jordan Romano was the one who came to end things. I shouldn't forget that, but he didn't throw a lot of pitches. You got to think that Jordan Romano is going to be available at least for tomorrow as well. But it, you know, it does beg the question as to Chad green, working things out going forward, just on, on the debut of Chad green, John Schneider had said earlier today to Blair and Barker that he would need a nice cushion before coming into the game. And it was 10, five when he started to warm 13 to five when he actually entered and yeah, it makes results, obviously more on the negative side than positive. Wasn't entirely helped out by the defense. A ball splits Varsho and Kiermaier kind of looked like neither of them made a really firm, kind of odd, truly considering how good they both are, but kind of looked like neither of them made a really firm decision not to go after it off the jump. The ball kind of carries all the way to the wall. The runner gets the third on the play with no outs. A ball just get gets, gets past Ernie Clement who had moved over to third that inning with McCoy behind him. They take Schneider out of the ball game uh, and Ernie Clement, who was at, at short moves to third in his place. But again, it just, just gets by him. I don't know that he Clement or really anyone would have made that, that uh, play. Cause it was hit. It was a hot shot right to the gap between, between third and second, but still gets past Clement. And then Springer misjudges a ball. Perhaps it kind of felt like he expected it to be a little shallower. And then it carries over his head. And again, maybe also a side effect of playing at Coors field. I don't know, but still some, some very loud hits, off of both the four seamer and the slider. And I think he actually only threw those two pitches. If I'm, if I'm looking correctly. Yeah. He only threw, actually he threw, let's see a cutter 4% of the time, according to baseball. Savant. he threw 25 pitches. He threw the, uh, the cutter 4% he threw the four seam fastball 60% and he threw the slider 36% of the time, according to baseball savant. And hey, look, clearly not yet ready for any sort of high leverage situation to Akash's point, throwing a lot of strikes. Yes. But throwing a lot of those strikes, which were like 94 mile an hour fastballs ish 
pretty much right down the middle. I think I think they all often refer to those as I think I've heard Ben say this, I've heard Chris say this, Blair and Barker have said this, but they often use the term fat, like a lot of fat pitches, like right down the middle of the strike zone. And even the Rockies will take advantage of that. And they did. I actually agree with many of you that the stuff just didn't look uh, very electric from green, but maybe being removed from this game due to a pitch count related reason as well. Again, 25 pitches seems like a nice even number that he was, he was being built up to uh, just not looking very sharp. Certainly as well. Reason also, but I don't know. I, I do believe he will be better. Like overall his first game back off of Tommy John surgery. Not everyone can be Hyunjin Ryu coming off Tommy John. And, and Hey, may, maybe if it continues this way and Eric Swanson comes back and he's better, maybe instead of someone else going down, it is Chad green going back to Buffalo. But I, again, it's the very first outing for him after TJ surgery. So I don't know. I'm not going to necessarily be too, too, uh, too, 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 Harsh, let's see. Maybe that's the right word. Too harsh on Chad Green. Uh, let's get to the, and that's uh, the injury report brought to you by Burmanis Prera, personal injury lawyers. If life has thrown you a curveball and you're striking out with your insurance company, get ahead of the counter and call Burmanis Prera, personal injury lawyers. You focus on getting better and Burmanis Prera will take care of the rest. Visit bplawyers.ca. Yeah, Chad Green again. I, I'm, I'm not sure if we'll see him in any close games anytime soon, but uh, again, I'm not ready to give up on him after one bad start, but Hey, maybe, uh, maybe it will take more than just a, a 10, five lead for him to start warming up. Probably a good thing because had the game been like what? 10, eight or 10, nine, when this game had ended instead of 13 to nine, I think we would be feeling a little differently about it, but thankfully the blue Jays bats did take that uh, out of consideration. And Hey, on Hyunjin Ryu, uh, I got to say, Five innings, four hits, two runs, both of which were earned, three strikeouts, two walks, the one home run to Ellie Uris Montero, and both runs for Ryu, which were earned, came off of that home run. He was perfect after two innings, and then Montero clobbering a 76-mile-an-hour changeup, which was placed in the lower third of the strike zone. Ryu probably left that one just a little too high for his own liking. Somewhat looked like he was maybe trying to get Montero to swing over the changeup, but just too far up in the zone. I actually think he did a pretty great job limiting the damage against the top of the order right after the home run. Like you have Rocky, the Rockies most dangerous batters coming up and runners on second and third. He strikes at the next two guys. The end, the inning strands a pair. I really do think I said this before, but a huge part of it is just beyond pitching the way he usually does more than maybe any pitcher on the roster. And maybe age is a part of this. He really does seem to have a low resting heart rate. Like nothing really rattles him. That is a, and that's a great, quality I think to have as a starting pitcher even more than like some of some of the other starting pitchers on this team like sometimes when like Chris Bassett sometimes gets a hit around a little bit it kind of looks like he needs to take a moment to center himself I don't think I've ever really seen that from Hyunjin Ryu he kind of always has the same stoic expression on his face which is great he looked pretty good quickly also working in the fifth and then he gets yanked after 80 pitches following an off day we've had this conversation many times but it did feel like perhaps Ryu might have gone back out there if the game was tied, but the Jays took the lead before he came back out and then they went to the bullpen. So again, I don't know. I might have brought him back out of that pitch count, but Jimmy Garcia has been better for about a month now. Uh, Yenis is Cabrera. David from the six wanting to know about Cabrera. He's been good more or less his entire Blue Jays career. His first earned runs as a Jay coming tonight. So honestly, like living and dying with your bullpen, which has been one of the best all year long, probably going to be something we see more often than not, unless the starter is just dealing a la Bassett the other couple days ago, right? The guy went into the eighth inning. So 
I don't know. I, I, again, 80 pitches, is it something that you could quibble about? Yes. And would it be something I'd quibble about a little more had the Blue Jays lost this game? Let's say 5-4. Also, probably yes. But thankfully, that was a, that was a decision not it was a decision made for me. It was a discussion point. We don't have to necessarily get into too much, but I, I will say, and I've said this before, that of all the pitchers to pull after relatively short or low pitch counts, eh, as we discussed with Chad Green, Hyunjin Ryu is probably not the guy you want to uh, to, to quibble about that too, too much. Uh, let's go. Hey, still some time to give me a call. 416-870-0590, 590 star 590 on your cell, 590-590 is the text line. Name and location, please. Go back to the text line here. I see here uh, Ed in Toronto. Let's see. Nothing to celebrate today. The game was way too close for seven innings. I genuinely thought the Jays weren't going to pull this out. And then he also says, watching Vladdy go down, looking on three straight pitches. Yes, two are questionable. Frustrated me. I'm someone who defends Vlad, but seeing him get frustrated and not even take a hat got under my skin. Got to be better. You know what? It's an interesting point about Vladdy because the the first time he comes to the plate, or no, I guess it was the second time, but runners on second. He has a second and third. He has a chance to drive in some runs with two outs, top of the third. Five pitches. Vladdy saw on that AB. I know, I know, uh, I know Ed was referring to a different AB. We'll get to that in a sec, but five pitches Vladdy saw on that AB in the third inning, runners on second and third. One of those pitches was in the strike zone, which was pitch two of five. Every other pitch Vladdy saw was well outside of the strike zone. And he swung three times for a very weak ground out. Like that is not new news by any means, but Vladdy's approach these days is. Ah, it's not great, right? Far be it for me to say, well, just don't swing at the bad pitches, Laddie, but it is continually baffling because, like, I think because a big part of what made Laddie so dangerous was not just his prodigious power, but it was also supposedly his terrific eye at the plate. And the eye, in terms of picking the pitches to swing at, has been, like, what can, can we say at best, spotty? Like, is it, it's so odd to see the regression this year in basically every aspect, despite the fact that in like late and closed situations, Vladdy actually has hit very well, which is kind of, it's just a a strange season with a lot of almost like contradictory data points that would suggest that he has been well above average, but it's still not good enough in very specific situations. It is just, it is the oddest thing. It doesn't seem like we're on the verge of getting like a, 2022 Boba esque turnaround for Flatty at this point in the season. And, and kind of like to, to the point of the texter, I think it's at least somewhat important to point out that in that seventh inning, he gets a job by Angel Hernandez. He takes two straight pitches outside the zone. He goes down 0-2 on pitches that were balls. And the reliever, Jake Bird, throws one slightly more inside. And that's tough because of the position he was put in. When that strike should have made it two to one instead of a strikeout on Vladdy. And I agree. It's frustrating to watch. He looked frustrated. He kind of looked like he was going to get a makeup call or something there. But again, he knew also on one hand that the, the strike zone was a wild ride on all night long. Maybe he should have protected a bit more knowing that you, you're not really sure what you're going to get in that particular situation. But boy, that's a, that's a tough sight. He, he did get a, a, a pretty good, uh, he did get a pretty good, maybe favorable call a little bit earlier in the game, or pardon me, just after that, I should say, when 
Bud Black came out to uh, cuss the refs because uh, the umpire called the Vladdy hit fair. And uh, we have the various uh, screens up here in baseball control. And you can, you can actually see on some of the replays on my computer, you can, you can actually kind of see on the Rocky side of things, you can see them show the replay. <laughs> Maybe the Jays did ultimately get a little bit, a little bit lucky on that one. It might not have been fair, but uh, hey, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. does get some runs today after all. All right, let's take a quick break. Still some time to give me a call. 416-870-0590, triple eight triple six zero five ninety star 590 on your cell. 590-590 is the text line. Name and location, please. The people's text line is always open. Still some time to take your calls. Still some time to send me a text Let's take that quick break. When we come back, we'll check in on the manager's audio. We'll check in on the Bet365 standings update as well. Still a lot to come on Jay's Talk. Show Ali with you on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Uh, we'll see. You know, it's it's an initial x-ray, and I think there's going to be more in-depth stuff uh, done tonight and tomorrow. So we'll go from there. Is that like... Um... Uh, kind of right in the knuckle area. Yeah, so just, you know, one of those things as a catcher, it's a uh, pretty freak injury, and it seems like those are kind of coming in punches right now. That is John Schneider chatting to the media about Danny Jansen. He didn't say it there, but uh, Danny Jansen does have a fractured finger. Fractured finger, middle finger of his right hand. That is the uh, diagnosis from the Blue Jays. I guess, medical staff after he went underwent x-rays. Ben Nicholson-Smith also saying that Tyler Heineman, you heard BNS there as well, but Heineman will be joining the Jays. More tests coming. And then BNS also saying, which you heard there, fracture near the knuckle. Likely Jansen lands on the IL, but that wasn't fully decided as of about five, six minutes ago. But that is tough news for the Blue Jays after Danny Jansen crushes the longest home run of his career, a 452-foot blast, but of course took the... Took the foul ball off his throwing hand. He had the glove hand on his left hand, throwing hand his right hand. And Chris LaRue mentioned this in the broadcast, but his hand wasn't wasn't in a fist, but the foul ball going off of Jano's right, kind of his limp right hand, just hitting him on the knuckle. And that does end up being the spot where he suffers the fracture. So that's tough news after a 13-9 Blue Jays win over the Rockies. Uh, welcome back to Jay's Talk. Show Ali with you. Uh, before we go back to the phone, still some time to give me a call. 416-870-0590. 590 Star 590 on your cell. 590-590, name and location. That's the people's text line. We'll get back to both the phones and the text line uh, in a couple of minutes. But first, time to get to the Major League Standings Watch presented by Bet365 with Bet365. You can watch thousands of live games, build your own bet, and you can even make a bet while the game is still being played. 19 plus play responsibly Ontario only a lot of very favorable results for the blue Jays on the out of town scoreboard tonight. And uh, it is absolutely reflected in the major league standings watch presented by bet three, six, five. It's actually pretty funny. All of the AL West teams lost tonight. The Mariners lost tonight. The Rangers lost tonight. The Astros lost tonight. Um, I actually think the White Sox uh, also lost, but of course, the because the, uh, or pardon me, not the White Sox, the uh, the Angels were trailing, but of course they were they were trailing, I believe, to the A's. So that means not every team in the American League West can lose, but uh, all the ones that matter at the very least uh, did lose tonight. So let's get into it right now. Here's how 
things shook out. The Guardians beat the Rays three to two. The Twins beat the Rangers five to one. The Yankees knocked off the Astros six to two. The Royals dismantling the Red Sox thirteen to two was the final score there. Uh, and the Diamondbacks do hold on for a win over the Orioles, four to two there. So, with all that being said, with all these games final, the Orioles are eighty-three and fifty-one. The Rays are eighty-two and fifty-three. Rays just game and a half back. So, a lot of baseball left to be played. Maybe the AL East has not been decided between those two teams at the very least yet. Uh, the Blue Jays are seventy-four and sixty-one. The Boston Red Sox are sixty-nine and sixty-six, and the Yankees with their win, sixty-six. And 69. If we take a look at the wild card race, again, we went over to the Rays result, 82 and 53. They're number one in the wild card race right now. The Houston Astros lost. They are 77 and 59. They're a game up on the Rangers, who are 75 and 59. So two more wins for Astros over Rangers. And uh, the Blue Jays are just a game and a half back of the Rangers for that final wild card spot. Behind the, if you're curious, behind the Blue Jays sits the Red Sox. They are five games back of the Blue Jays, six and a half games back uh, of the Rangers. So you got to think that if they're not like, they're not mathematically out of it, but you got to think that perhaps uh, they are more or less out of it. The Blue Jays could probably bury them with that final three-game series at the Riders Center, I think in a couple of weeks. But uh, hey, that does it for the Major League Standings Watch. A very favorable night for the Blue Jays on that out-of-town scoreboard. Uh, all right, let's get to more of the your texts. 590-590, name and location. Andrew from Kingston says, I'm so confused by the angst and complaints tonight. What better situation to put Green in than a 13-5 to lead? Come on now, folks. Perfect opportunity to have him work out the kinks and stress about the win. Schneider let Green pitch 25, throw 25 pitches for four runs. Jays to let a cozy four-run lead to end the game. Some folks are holding the bat a bit too tight. If that was stressful, enjoy the easy win. Let John do his job working Chad back into the lineup more than a year away from the majors. Agreed. I, I tend to, to to land more on that side, Andrew. Again, if it was if if you're talking about a guy coming off TJ surgery and he's being inserted into a game in like a with a three run lead or something, then yeah, there's like definitely some criticisms to be had. But I don't know, thirteen to five is uh, for me not a lot to to get too upset about. Henry from Mississauga, not to defend Vladdy for striking out, but with Angel Hernandez on a uh, on plate, a batter has to swing at anything close, which is also true. Angel Hernandez kind of looked like he was the, the strike zone was kind of moving like up and down at certain times, but then a lot of pitches on the sides of the strike zone seem to be getting called in a very, uh, very inconsistent way. But uh, it is it is consistent with Angel Hernandez being inconsistent, unfortunately. Uh, Bob and Waterloo, a solid performance by the Jays. I feel like we're too harsh on Schneider's error. He's played well at the hot corner at the beginning of the game. It's not hard to overthrow a throw from the hot corner. Uh, he's looked calm on it. Probably didn't get the grip he wanted on it. Everything on that throw was right. It's just the release. And I, and I do want to talk about Ernie Clements, or pardon me, Ernie Clement. Certainly Ernie, Ernie Clement, but both him and David Schneider making some great plays, both offensively and defensively. David Schneider, for example, like Bob was saying, made some great plays at third to start. He picks up the ball kind of on the run to his left and the right. He goes down to the line to grab the ball. grabs it in the hole, throws across his body multiple times to Vladdy at first. And yes, yes, he did make the throwing error in the sixth inning. And then the, the throw that I think ended the inning as well was also in the dirt that Vladdy kind of got on the hop. We got some good and the bad for him at third. I think most people feel, and you can count me amongst most people when I say this, but that Matt Chapman is likely 
on his way out because some no- other non-Blue Jays team is going to pay him a, a lot of money. But the other half of that is that in his absence, who could man third base? It certainly feels like one, if not both, of Aurelvis Martinez or Addison Barger would be taking over at third next year. But man, David Schneider is making a case for himself to be at probably the starting second base instead of third baseman, I would think. Offensively, we know he's not going to be the like next coming of Ted Williams or something, but if the defense and gold glove or glove work can look this good. Boy, gold glove would be, a, would be a real treat, but that would be a nice development for Schneider, considering we all perhaps largely thought he might see most of his playing time at second base. I do have a question. I wonder if Davis Schneider's play continues like this. Does that do anything to Whit Merrifield's position next year? Like, I think we all had largely felt that of all the free agents next season, Merrifield might be the only, the one most easily brought back because he has played so well this year. But when you add in how much money he might want for a longer-term deal, and I've talked about that before, because I, I don't think the mutual option is getting picked up. It's a lot of money for one year. Maybe he gets like a two- or three-year deal, slightly less per year, like a like a $12 million per year, 10 to 12 mil a year, over two or three years. Team option, let's say, for the last year, right? But if that's what he wants, and they, they balk at paying that, is it worth it to have all of Schneider, Martinez, Barger be your like middle slash left side of the infield along with Bo, maybe even Schneider perhaps can fulfill the role that Merrifield does so often acting as the fourth outfielder. Of course, it hinges somewhat on the development of both Aurelvis Martinez and Addison Barger. But I do, I do really wonder how the development of Davis Schneider continues to, to push for a, a more everyday spot. And he's going to see more as long as Bo and Chapman are on the IL right now. But uh, I mean, he's making the case to play every day regardless of their health. And certainly you look towards next year, it feels like there's a place for him, but of course it hinges on a lot of other things. And speaking of Elvis Martinez, if you missed this, he was a double short of the cycle uh, for the Bisons tonight. Went three for five, three RBI along with that. So maybe closer along to being a major leaguer uh, than we think, right? Still the second best prospect overall, likely behind Ricky Tiedemann. And uh, certainly I would think these, the best position player prospect as well. Uh, speaking of some of those position players, uh, Ernie Clement banging one off the foul pole tonight. Apart from that, just generally being really cool to see. Firsts are always fun to see for any ball player. Uh, doubly so for Blue Jays batters. Clement adding the two-run triple in the top of the ninth. But it does beg a larger question. After I saw this from Hazel uh, on X earlier this evening, not Twitter, but X. Uh, and this was a quote. I'm, I'm just going to read you her tweet. Bo Bichette is with the team in Colorado, which we, of course, saw on the TV broadcast. He ramped up his workout today, could return when eligible to come off the IL. Now, here's my question. Who goes down when Bo comes back? I think the easy answer is probably Spencer Horwitz. But is it that easy of an answer? Like, if Ernie Clement continues to hit like we saw tonight, and again, a home run and a two-run triple... Should he stay? I think the answer to that question seems to be a relatively easy yes. Should Santiago Espinal be the one to go down instead? I actually do think it'll end up being Spencer Horwitz because if the positional inflexibility with first and DH being the only two places Horwitz is most likely to play, then I have to imagine that he is the easiest to send down because you still want, you don't want the guy to just come up to the majors and just not play ever. So if that's the case, then would it be better to have Horwitz in the minors if he doesn't play, especially if Brandon belt continues to play well, 
I, I don't really, I don't really think there's a question about benching like Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Even though many of you want to see that, many of you guys want to see Vladdy get benched. Like I think it's like, Alex and St. John, New Brunswick. It's getting time to bench Vladdy for a game or two until he understands he's got to be more selective. That's a manager decision. Ross dictates would never allow it. Uh, Mike and Windsor, I believe they should drop Vladdy to bat seventh or eighth for a few games. Dropping Bichette last year did wonders. That is true. It did. It did seem to work out for Bichette, but I honestly just wonder how much of that with Bo is just Bo being a very good hitter and it coming back around for him as opposed to him like learning some kind of lesson being sent down. I, I would tend to think it's more of the former and not the latter in terms of talent, just winning out. And again, it's been a weird season for Vladdy, but then at the same time, you, I don't think you really want to see Vladdy bat seventh or eighth. You just, yeah, I, I know it's frustrating at times to watch his ABs. I, I promise you it would be a thousand times worse. If you saw those, some of those other guys bat above him and you're watching them bat like fourth, fifth or sixth. Like you just, you don't want that. It's just probably, it's just never going to happen. Vladdy's not getting benched unless he's injured. He's not, he's not, not playing essentially, but uh, it does beg the question about who goes down when Bo comes back. And I mean, ugh, I don't think it's wild to say that Ernie Clement, even if he stays like half as hot as he, as he has been, that he's nudged himself ahead of Espinal, right? Like I have heard that Espinal is a relatively well-liked player in the clubhouse. And certainly that should not be the reason someone is not sent down. But it, but it is a factor that is, uh, that is definitely true. I mentioned Brandon Belt. So the guy crushes his 16th home run of the season. It is 17th. This is from Sportsnet Stats. Fallon and the crew do a great job all the time. 17th home run in 83 career games at Coors Field. Of course, all the others coming from his days as a member of the San Francisco Giants. The fans at Coors are probably sick of Brandon right? Like they, they must be sick of seeing that guy, but Hey, for us, definitely great to see. I, I gotta say if, if anyone thought belt would be this important to the blue Jays lineup, I commend you. I uh, hand up. I absolutely did not. I thought he would be a nice bench bat to relieve Vladdy here and there at first base when he gets like the half day off, but Brandon belt that he is arguably the other two best bats right now is a rookie who's had what, like a less than a month of service time or whatever it's been since, since the Boston series. I mean, that's, that is probably an indictment of the performance of the rest of the bats, certainly, but belt has been playing uh, very, very well this season because he has been more important than I think anyone would have thought, but Hey, thanks for being with me on blue Jays baseball tonight brought to you by crown rust protection. New and used vehicle prices are rising and inventory is scarce. Avoid the hassle of buying prematurely by making your vehicle last longer with Crown Rust Protection. For a special summer offer on rust protection, visit crown.com today. For Ben Wagner, Chris LaRue, Tom Young, David Sis, I'm Sho Ali. Thanks for being with me on Jay's Talk After Dark. Ben Shulman is back with me tomorrow. I'll talk to you later.